0: You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction, TV series, or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're going to be starting a new series here on Fusion Patrol. Uh, It's something I've threatened to do many times over the course of the 10 ish years we've been working on this podcast. Uh, We're breaking the mold of American, Canadian, British science fiction, and we have moved to Japan, where we are going to be looking at a series known as Ultra Q. We'll talk about the background on it first, but let's take a look at the first episode, which Mm -hmm. is called Defeat Gomez. And the synopsis goes something like this. Construction on a Tokyo Osaka Expressway tunnel is interrupted when a digger breaks into a pre-existing tunnel. Running out, the operator is crazed, claiming he saw a monster. But he's an alcoholic, so no one believes him. The concept of a tunnel inside of a tunnel being too abstract for mere words prompts ambitious photojournalist Yuriko Edogawa to go cover the story. She travels by air to the scene, courtesy of her friends Jun Manjome and Ipe Togawa from the Hoshikawa Air Service. At the scene, she meets fellow reporter on the ground, Nita. A strange rock-like object, suspiciously egg-shaped, has also been dug up, and Jiro, a studious, bespectacled boy and amateur paleontologist, is fascinated by it. While Jun and Yuriko investigate the tunnel, Ipe, Nita, and Jiro travel 70 kilometers away to Mount Konpo, on Jiro's hunch that the tunnel is actually a massive lava tube. At Mount Konpo, they have a legend of Litra and Gomez, two ancient creatures that live there. Jira recognizes them as Litolaria, an ancient reptile-bird hybrid, and Gometius, a vicious carnivorous mammal. He also recognizes that the strange rock is actually a chrysalis for Litra. Inside the tunnel, an earthquake leaves Jun and Yuriko trapped inside the lava tube and pursued by Gomez. When Ipe and the others return, they discover that the tunnel has collapsed and a rescue party immediately starts digging them out. They find them, and Gomez finds them. They flee for their lives. Jiro, meanwhile, uses fire to warm up the Litra chrysalis and hatch it, just as the rescue party run out with Gomez in hot pursuit. A battle of the monsters ensues with Litra killing Gomez with his citronella acid spray. But the battle proves too much for Litra, who succumbs to his injuries moments after defeating Gomez. Okay. I'm going to run through a little bit of background here on this show and why we're looking mm-hmm. at this show and, and think. So one, the name Eiji Tsuburaya. I hope that name is familiar to listeners of this show. But if you do not know who Eiji Tsuburaya is, his nickname is the God of Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu <laughs> being the Japanese term for special effects programs. And he is the man behind Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, all of that uh, era of... Japanese Kaiju ega or, or monster movies all the good stuff and, all the good stuff and you know there's a lot of people who laugh about the rubber-suited monsters but the fact is that in the 1950s and and into the 60s you know what was the state this was pioneering stuff even though it's not exactly completely convincing <clears throat> but uh, you know, and and the model sets that they built were so incredibly detailed. Oh yeah, that uh, you know he he rightly deserves his place. Well, his films were international uh, blockbusters, and he had a fair amount of clout. And so, and this was working for Toho Studios. So he set up his own production company, Tsuburaya Productions, a company that is still in making stuff to this to this very day. I was watching. Ultraman Z just last Friday. That's <laughs> that, um, you know, they're they're still cranking this stuff out decades later. His company was a family business, but it also had ties to Toho Studios, who invested in it, uh, which is important. Um, <laughs> he wanted to buy what's called an Oxbury 1200 optical printer, which was apparently <laughs> state of the art in 1964, 65 when he was doing this and was the piece of equipment that he really needed. And it's incredibly expensive. Tokyo Broadcast System, TBS television, stepped up and said, we will buy you that equipment. And we want you to produce a TV series for us. And this is how this deal got struck. And that turned into this program, Ultra Q, which was originally called Unbalance. And it was designed to be a Twilight Zone outer limits type program that was about the theme which is a very Japanese theme of man and nature have gotten unbalanced, and bad things happen when that happens and so it was it was meant to be about strange events. Phenomena, ghosts, monsters, mm-hmm. uh, phenomena, uh, possibly space aliens. That that all kind of because of this. Now, mm. TBS having a very big finger in this pie had a couple of notes. <laughs> One, they wanted the name change to Ultra Q. Uh, the reason it's Ultra Q is the Q stands for question. It's the ultra question, the ultimate question. So it's still kind of keeping this sort of mystery thing. And the reason that they wanted something like that is because in 1964, Tokyo hosted the Summer Olympics. And the very popular Japanese gymnastic team had made some comments about... uh, Gymnastic events were rated from A to C in difficulty, A, B, and C. And they made some comments about being really difficult would be the ultra C. And when they won, they, I don't, know, I don't, I've never heard the speech obviously, but they, they made some reference to this ultra C and it was like a catchphrase across the country. It was just, it was a fad. <clears throat> so they were capitalizing on the ultra or ultra C phase, uh, that was going around at the time. And hence the name ultra Q. So it is, it is a pop culture, Reference that has long ceased to exist uh, in any context except Ultraman, which we'll talk about later. Um, and the other thing that that TBS wanted to tinker around with a little bit was they were fine, they were fine with the premise, but you know, hey, you're known for big monsters. We'd like we'd like big monsters, so uh, there are more there are more giant monster stories in this than uh, than originally envisioned on the on the series so that's uh that's one and and i said that the uh the connection with toho studios was important very important because they had access to all their costumes and props because toho was actually on the board of directors for tsuburaya productions as well and so that relationship allowed them to have access to uh, things like godzilla costumes which we, we may have seen uh yeah, in, in this very episode in fact so Maybe. uh that, that's really kind of the, the 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 history of this show it had a 32 percent average audience share for its entire run it was a smash hmm. hit in japan it was it was huge and uh it uh it spawned ultraman which was the next series, and Ultraman has gone on to live forever, Mm -hmm. um, there is no Ultraman in this. This this is actually meant to be a science fiction series, not a giant alien monster battle program. So, we'll see. I haven't watched all of it myself. I've watched a few episodes here and there. um, And admittedly, the ones I've seen did generally have um, giant monsters. But there you go. But they also had some of those themes of unbalance. So about shot on 35 millimeter film
1: yeah it looks it's very crisp yeah uh really good transfers
0: it's it's the beautiful transfers and i mean obviously it was just lovely cinematography and the effects work admittedly we're still talking about men in rubber costumes but you know look every bit as good as the theatrical releases of that era the uh
1: the effects shots where they would have something in the background or the foreground which was a model, looked fantastic. I I had to look really really hard to see any sort of a matte line on anything. Mm-hmm. It was good. Definitely not what you're used to for TV stuff.
0: Yeah, they they put their they put their their heart in it. Really, I think this was you know part of Subaruia's dream was to get this company up and running and and stuff. So th- this was a, like, probably a labor of love, but also a demonstration of of value for money. I mean,
1: oh yeah definitely
0: you know he he, they didn't just get the printer they got paid to produce and to the show but Mm -hmm. you know it was it was um i think they were they were proving to tbs that their faith in them was well deserved anyway so let's let's talk about this particular episode i think over the course of the of us talking about the series we'll probably have some other opportunities for um uh Talking about the background on the show, if there if there is any more on it. But uh, what I, what did you think of this particular episode? Not knowing anything about it going in,
1: yeah, to it came into it cold, and uh, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Um, the story was kind of a, a classic. You know, nobody listens to the kid. The kid knows a lot about esoteric stuff like dinosaurs,
0: and uh, <laughs> or or whatever these things <laughs> were. Yeah,
1: exactly, Kaijosaurs. I don't know, and. Uh, <laughs> The kid is dead on with everything that he, oh you know, yeah, he, he surmises, and you know even down to the uh, the classic the child is the one that can give commands as it were to the good monster to destroy the bad monster. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: now now I just want to say Super I has nothing to do with Gamera films. <laughs> just, yeah. so so don't get that thing of those twisted up. You might think that's all the same group, but it is not. <laughs> it's definitely not. But anyway, yeah, you know I'm gonna say I uh I would not have led with this episode if no? I were doing the show i uh, like I said, I have seen maybe four of them, and I would say it's probably the least of the ones that i've seen this this is is a little bit light on' uh, story isn't exactly the right word for it, but I mean you, you're there's an awful lot of weight to get around to a forty five second monster fight. True, true. Um, and then there is no ending. They're just left with two giant monster corpses in the middle of a construction <laughs> zone, which, you know, all I could think of is that whale in Oregon that they blew up with it, explosives. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, oh, that's going to be a big hole somewhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there wasn't really a moral to it. There wasn't really a lesson. There was just, oh, we got these monsters out. They killed each other. So I don't know. I, I, mm-hmm. And also, there is absolutely no introduction to these characters.
1: Now, are these are, were the characters we saw? Are they going to be reoccurring?
0: See, now you would not know that, would you? Nope. Not some clear. of them are. Some oh, of okay. them aren't.
1: I figured they're going to be. You know, each episode stood on their own. It's like a vignette, like in Outer Limits or Twilight Zone.
0: I believe that that the main characters are investigative journalism. Looking into the bizarre, Scully bit uh, Yuriko is apparently—I don't know—say so obsessed with it, but but she's got a nose for oh. nose for the weird articles, stories. Hmm. So, but yeah, we don't get any introduction to them. You, you barely can figure out what their names are, what their yeah. relationship is. I mean, it, it looks to me like Yuriko is a photojournalist who hears something. And thinks here's my chance to get out there and get a scoop, right? Sort of the Jimmy Olsen Lois Lane
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of thing, and the the editor in chief, who apparently is a semi regular, uh, says, "Go ahead and go." The reporter on the ground, Nita, nope, never see him again. Oh, okay. He's he's not a regular. Huh. Uh, the two pilots are. Now explain that one to me. I don't know. But but uh, they're airplanes like, are cool, or in yeah. this case
1: helicopters are cool.
0: Well, they do planes too. They do everything.
1: Well, they have to get to places. Makes it more believable.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, just just she just goes out, catches a flight, and they go out there and, and you like I I I honestly would not know that they were the stars of the huh. show. So uh, you know, okay, I, I it wasn't until I got to the second episode that I knew that it was an anthology, right? Hmm. That it was oh, is it the continuing adventures of Yuriko and Jun and Ipe?
1: Yeah, see I haven't watched ahead, I just watched the first episode and that was it.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Uh <laughs> I didn't want to like, ruin it. I, well, I've stopped. You know, I, <laughs> I before I decided to do it, uh, for the show, um, you know, we we've we've avoided doing the Japanese shows because uh of a variety of reasons. Not the least of which is that love Ultraman though I do, <laughs> or love Sentai or Love Common Rider that I do there is a certain amount of well, this series is fifty episodes long, and every last one of them is basically the same. Yeah. Now, Ben and I looked at the entirety of Die Ranger in one podcast episode. I was going to say because there could
1: is sum them up like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to, and you can, because there is actually a story that runs through it. But that's 50 or 52 episodes you have to watch before you get around to doing one podcast episode. Man,
1: and I thought some Doctor Who episodes were long. Wow.
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs> so so we've avoided them. And also, you know, and, and Ultraman in particular, the older Ultraman, they didn't even have an arc to them of any kind. They were just like monster of the week, beat him up, mm-hmm. run off, and... um which you know has as part of the reason why I never got around to Ultra Q. It's like wh- you've got an Ultraman series without Ultraman in it. How how good is that gonna be, huh? But <laughs> yeah. you know, I watched a couple couple of the episodes and I'm like, wait, this is different. They're actually trying to do the Outer Limits, the the X Files. You mm-hmm. know, they, they are obviously they're not trying to do the X Files, but they're. They're trying to do something a little bit different than than the Ultraman story. They're looking at the condition that causes these situations, and so I said, "Well, then this is one we could actually do." Also, it's only twenty some episodes long. Yep, which is a, another big another big plus. Um, so uh, that is that is why we are doing uh, looking at Ultra Q, uh, even though I didn't think a whole heck of a lot of this episode. Also let's just ramble on here. Mm-hmm. Oh go ahead. <laughs> also get, well, um, for people who are inclined to like Ultraman, and Ultraman does have a fan base here, but you know, they've been making Ultraman since nineteen sixty seven. Not every year, but the last decade or so every year. Maybe twice a year, every year, and um, this is generally not available and a company and this is this is not a plug but this is a shout out to Mill Creek Entertainment has received the rights to or purchased and receive them to release all Ultraman series on Blu-ray hmm. in in the US now I don't know about overseas but in the United States they've got it so they've already put out like the first 6 steelbooks and they are Beautiful remasters, and Ultra Q being the first one. So uh um, it's actually available for people who want to see it. Um it's it's even available on some streaming services. So you know, you can you can watch along with I the show. Don't Shout oh, Factory
1: is showing a lot of those.
0: Okay. Uh, just don't confuse it with Ultra Q from the two thousands, which is the follow up series, which we may look at uh after we're done. With Ultra Q. I don't know. But hmm. uh they they remounted it again in the two thousands, I believe, early two thousands, and uh uh who knows what that's like. But if if I know if I know Japanese filmmaking, it will be an authentic <laughs> recreation of Ultra Q. An
1: homage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it will be modern, but it will be you know, it won't be a different show with the same name. It will be. Mm. It will be Ultra Q. Yeah, um,
1: I'm sure it will be. You know, like a, you know, a faithful reproduction, but with very subtle nuances that will excite the fan base.
0: It might be. It might be different characters. You know, it might it might not be the same three people, or you know, but it it will. I bet it will be the same premise. Oh yeah, a group yeah. of people who are interested in this weird stuff, and it'll. Yeah, but anyway that's that is for the future that is for the future um let's see what 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 stands out what stands out interesting not interesting for you i yield the floor for a while
1: well i said before uh, the the special effects quality was just i wasn't ready for that uh <laughs> i figured it was going to be you know, you know simple double exposure to put the monster in the background that sort of stuff but no it was you know how whatever uh on set techniques they used to uh, make the mats for it worked out very well. Yeah, you know uh, the uh, like I said the story was was kind of you know I want to say tried and true or <laughs> boring yeah. I don't know. Thin. Yeah. B- yeah, thin. There you go. Very very uh, uh, formulaic. But other than that, it was entertaining. You know, I, I would definitely watch more of these. Yeah. I think gonna it was- have to
0: so. <laughs> I think it was, uh, yeah, yeah, that is that too. <laughs> I would even if I didn't have to. Our heroes really didn't do anything.
1: No, not really. And you're right; they they did not get, you know, very much in the way of introduction. Other than it's obvious that there's at least one guy who flies. Um, there's a woman who works at a newspaper who is a photographer, and a guy mm-hmm. who works at the newspaper is a photographer. Yeah. And the pesky kid And some people work for the mining company Or the uh, yeah. construction company That's about it Yeah,
0: yeah you just, you just kind of get them uh, You know, uh, one of the things that Simon and I uh, And particularly Simon was on this It didn't bother me uh, And this could be a different sensibilities Between American and British audiences uh, It never bothered me that Kolchak in, in Kolchak the Night Stalker Was out solving The monster problem but it always bothered him. Really? Because I that's that not awesome. what a newsman does. A newsman reports. A newsman doesn't but he's, participate actively uh, in it. He doesn't mm. become the story.
1: That's not necessarily true in all cases. I want to say there's that thing about Watergate. Uh, <laughs> they yeah. were pretty active in the investigation of that.
0: But they weren't... Yes, but, they're, but they didn't go out and then arrests the guys at the end no right? they published and then other people did their job which is like right? journalistic so, arrest well but so kolchak instead of publishing kolchak goes out and gets a stake and kills the that that was the area well yeah in I other mean, words because of, of the necessity the, of american drama our hero has to be the hero he has to go do the yeah, thing
1: he has to be a little bit of a vigilante
0: but it's not exactly what a reporter is. And I'm kind no. of wondering if in this episode we are, in fact, witnessing that. The reporters are on the spot, but the reporters did not solve the problem. They,
1: they are documentarians. Yes. They're there to record. They're not there to af- affect the situation.
0: Yeah. Right. So, Which is
1: great if you're reading about it, but not so great if you're watching them do it.
0: <laughs> That's... Potentially yeah. exactly right. Uh, yeah. And that remains to see how, how it goes. But mm-hmm. it could also be, you know, the different sensibilities cultural.
1: Because certainly,
0: be. y- you watch enough Japanese TV, you learn two things. One is that all people are the same everywhere. And yet at the same time, there are differences in the way your outlook is. Yeah. That, that manifests itself in, in the way they handle themselves. But um, yeah, so you you do you do see things that you think would it work that way if I was watching? And I'll, g- I'll give you a perfect example in this one. Are uh, the reporter and the pilot go into the tunnel mm-hmm. by themselves to take pictures on a construction site? Okay, and they get caught in an earthquake, I think, and there there's a cave in anyway, and they're mm-hmm. trapped. Right, and Later on, Ipe discovers that, or the reporter, Nita, I forget who, comes out, tells the foreman of the site. And what is the first thing the foreman of the site does? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. He says, let's go dig him out. And he rings up all the men and they go rescue them.
1: Oh, okay, that's good.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, In I- an American show, he would not. He would, first off, he would gripe that they shouldn't have gone in there in the first place.
1: <laughs>
0: right? Am I right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They want to add artificial drama and tension to a situation that doesn't need any more of it.
0: Well, there's yeah. also that that aspect of recrimination for someone taking action. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 I think it has something to do with this individuality thing but here it's like there are people in trouble in the mine we go or the, the tunnel we go rescue them right. just that simple not yeah, a second you thought you just pile up and you go do it and I think in real life that's what people would do I hope. oh yeah yeah I, I would hope <laughs> like, so too yeah. I would like to think that but uh, no matter what reason that they went in there for but mm-hmm. yeah it was just uh, it's just kind of weird another thing that I thought was really I felt like it was telling me something, but I don't know what it was telling me. So they're these two suited scientists, and oh, yeah. they're Those walking along guys. on the site, and everybody's clinging on their every word, mm-hmm. except that they're not exactly saying anything. And, but everyone's, you know, following, oh, all yeah. these learned men have to say. And the reporter asks them a question which they cannot answer basically phases to them that they don't have a clue what's going on and neither of them has a response to that they're just like um
1: yeah, looked, just kind of looked at each other and,
0: and yeah <laughs> and then everyone left
1: yeah they just walked away they, they just like, walked
0: oh. away and the two men just left standing there and and i'm like is this telling us something about experts and and hmm. <sighs> How people respond to them, or not respond to them, or is it telling us something about the emptiness of science? I just don't know. But I felt like there was a point to it. It was so the scene was so pointed, and and the boy—they ignore the boy, right? Right. He studies fossils. He knows about paleontology. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he's obviously a brainiac. Look at those glasses. I wasn't going to mention Uh, that, but yeah, exactly. No, I think we have to mention those glasses. I think we have to mention those glasses because you have never seen those glasses on anybody in real life, right? You've only seen them on, like, Japanese sailors in Gilligan's Island.
1: Like glasses with completely round lenses in them?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Actually, I've seen that. (laughs) Have you seen a person with those? Yeah, I have, actually. Not a
1: prop? Yep. Yep, I've seen people who wear those. Wow, I, I, have... I. Every time I see it, it's like, well, that's an interesting way to express your individuality. There isn't it? Hmm. Okay. But it all is
0: right. a, it is a stereotype that they use. I think Mr. Uh, Moto wear those. Going yeah. all the way back to Peter Lorre in the it, yeah, it's... and
1: all the propaganda pictures in, uh in films and cartoons from World War II always has you know Toho wearing the round glasses. But like none that. of yeah. them
0: can be blamed. No racist ideals can be blamed for this one. This is the Japanese doing no, themselves to could, that one. That boy. could
1: very well be the uh the Japanese nerd glasses of the era. Could be. You know the uh what are they horn rim glasses from the fifties and sixties? Yeah. For yeah.
0: For for us, yeah. Yeah, for us. It uh, could
1: be. Like the safety glasses we'd wear in shop glasses. So uh birth control glasses, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. <laughs> But when he walked out wearing those glasses, and, and I'm just like, you've like, got, got to be kidding me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that too, and I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. Hmm, all right.
0: All right. So it's like, well, and I guess course, all
1: stereotypes are based in something, I guess. Hmm. And
0: <laughs> and then, you know, they're like, they make fun of him as you, as you do the nerd. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? of course, I mean, yeah.
1: Oh, you're smart, ha, ha, ha.
0: Yeah, you found that thing the other day. Oh, well, that was a fossil of a... The care of lots of it. Oh, it's your mom's ear pick. <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell did that mean?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know what an ear pick is exactly. exactly. I, I never knew what an ear pick was till I married a woman from Asia. But I. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna go on the record Of saying you
0: having having that experience. Yeah. Of seeing it, I'm like, what does he mean by that? i don't I don't get it I don't know oh, it's just that you know the, the, the kid's always the like, uh,
1: thinks he's found something but he hasn't think blowing things out of proportion
0: oh, I guess it could be I, I didn't I didn't get it but it just it was kind of what okay weird okay let's talk about Gomas a little bit hmm um obviously the Godzilla costume
1: yeah in in uh costume yeah Godzilla in, in costume. costume. So it's a costume on a costume.
0: He had a little bit of a little bit of plating on the front and some hair and a big horn. Oh yeah, the big but
1: curved horn. I remember the that. big
0: curved horn. but it was it was absolutely Godzilla. hmm But shot at a different scale.
1: Yes, he was a lot smaller than than your regular Godzilla.: Probably I'm, about, I'm thinking what, he was probably like 10,
0: 15 meters tall in this?: uh, probably picture the picture the railroad car he picked up that would be about yeah three or four meters high Yeah, it's about half so,
1: scale original godzilla right i think so yeah i think so, so i actually
0: God. like that scale a lot better
1: it's a little bit more believable if you're gonna go there but sure
0: <laughs> well <laughs> yeah all right i i get it but you know that that is one of my probably my biggest complaint about the Godzilla film is that over the years, they just keep making him bigger and I, bigger I always think that's stupid, bigger.
1: too. It's like, okay, he's going to get so big that pretty much you're not going to bother with him because he won't bother with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you only need something smaller, so, you know, it's more of a, a personal uh, uh, problem, not an entire city block all at once.
0: Yeah, so... Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how often we'll see those... <laughs> Costumes reused, but uh, to lead with Godzilla is either perhaps why they did it.
1: Yeah, that actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah,
0: like oh, people will know this is uh, this is TBS's Godzilla show, mm-hmm. so you'll you'll keep watching. and It's
1: got a kid, so you got to watch it for that. Kids hmm. like it; they can identify. Yeah, it.
0: <laughs> yeah. He won't be back. Um, no, <laughs> thankfully, um, he's
1: going to spend the rest of his life digging that grave.
0: Yes <laughs> He's him busy and the, for a while Him and the, dr- him and the drunk tr- uh, backhoe operator Yeah,
1: exactly <laughs>
0: Yeah, I thought that was hilarious Oh, don't listen to that guy He's an alcoholic I'm thinking, he's your heavy equipment I know, operator. it's like, oh, why
1: is he employed? I mean,
0: but, this is the 60s, is but smoking? still <laughs> My goodness Oh, yeah well, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that worries me a little bit But okay
1: <laughs> Things were a lot more relaxed back then
0: that's true. That is true. Um, I also thought it was interesting that they go to they go to the uh, shrine at the mountain, mm-hmm. and the the priest brings out that obviously <laughs> ancient uh, document mm-hmm. tapestry thing, yep. parchment showing the 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 animals and the legend and whatnot. And the kid just grabs it. Here, let me look at that. take it out the light
1: where it's easier to see. Yeah, see yeah. this exactly. in the sun where
0: like. Uh, there are a lot some more.
1: marmalade on this from my lunch, and
0: uh, a yeah. lot more trusting with their sacred relics, their, uh, mm-hmm. or their historical artifacts. Let's put it that way. Um, Very easygoing, yeah. Good. It's like you watch those BBC shows where they uh, where they go in and they go, "This is the actual book," and then they have to put on the white gloves and sit in the temperature controlled room. <laughs> and this kid's running around, with, look at this thing, pat, 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 pat. There it is. It's like yeah. Dude, lately, pat. I've seen some of those shows where
1: they bring out like. The Doomsday book, and yeah. and they open it up without using gloves, and you know all they do is they have it on the the, the wedge shaped, uh, you know the the stand that doesn't lay it flat, and maybe they have a page weight, but they're like you know flipping through it and stuff. It's like
0: okay. really without gloves.
1: Yeah, maybe not that book, but I've seen them treat other uh, things like that, and I think if somebody asked one of the curators why, and I I think they said something about when you wear the gloves. You're not as your fingers aren't as sensitive, so you're more likely to damage
0: the paper. <laughs> I was going to say they found out that the chemicals in white cotton gloves <laughs> cotton is, actually damage yeah. them worse than the oils in <clears throat> your fingers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, like
1: it could be that you know matter. they've lasted you know 800 years or whatever it is being read every so often. You know, a couple more you know fingers on them isn't really going to you know destroy them. Just you know, Maybe. make sure they're clean and dry. Maybe, <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyways, another example of and these uh, that we're watching uh, and are released are in Japanese uh, with English mm-hmm. subtitles, and you have to assume that occasionally the translations are a little,
1: <laughs> a little off.
0: Well, problematic. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen cases where, where, uh, not in this episode necessarily, where they'll say one thing, they'll say, "Well, it's a fish." And so you're saying this is some kind of a fish, but you can hear they're saying two different words, right? Oh, yeah, so, like, one is saying it's like a, I don't know, I, I can't think of a good a example. Reptile. But, yeah, reptile. One, yeah, <laughs> one's fish. saying it's, it's uh, something specific, and then the other one is saying it's something generic.
1: No, like they're saying it's a mudskipper, and somebody's like, yeah. oh,
0: like a fish. So you're saying it's a fish. Yeah, <laughs> right. Something like that you can tell because the Japanese is different when they're speaking it. Just enough Japanese to tell the words, Mm -hmm. but not enough to understand what they're saying. And so you know that when the guy translated it, they just, it kind of loses something. It makes the second person sound like an idiot. This is a shoe. You're saying that's a shoe? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, that is exactly what, literally exactly... What he said. Like some type of a shoe? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the bit... It seemed like a funny gag, but the tunnel inside the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah, that was like... That uh, was... They found a cavern, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's like they ran into another cave, or they ran into another tunnel or something, but, but the whole bit about... So you found a tunnel inside of a tunnel. That's not... That's not easy to explain in writing. I'm thinking... Tunnel Well it's not a tunnel inside a tunnel It's They've They've intersected an existing Mm -hmm. Cavity or Or something Why is that so hard And yet You know Multiple places in this story They mention that that's a difficult concept to explain Like why is that a difficult concept to explain I wonder if it has to do with the syntax
1: of the language It could be
0: That's Exactly
1: Huh if anybody it, it, out there can speak and understand Japanese, please uh, illuminate this uh, I, I would, question. I would
0: ask my my, my Japanese teacher to to that, but I think I think all Japanese teachers <laughs> in the world are sick of their anime yeah. students uh, Tell asking it's live them. Action. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I think she's only was only vaguely. Slightly more amused with me because I don't like anime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, yes. It's like no, I like the live action stuff. Oh, you mean the stuff aimed for the younger people? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so when I took that class, there were uh, people who actually owned a comic book store who were in there, and they were mm-hmm. heavily into anime. And yeah, I could the teacher. <laughs> Yeah, your uh, you, eyes know. were visibly rolling.
0: There's always one. There's always at least one in the class. Yeah, there were the four anime. in
1: this one. <laughs> I wasn't one of them, really.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was. It uh, was. It was interesting. Yeah. It?
1: I did find a web page in Japanese, and through the magic of Google, I found out that yes, the reason why this episode was chosen to be the first one was to impress people with the special effects monster drama. That's it. Okay. The first it. episode in production was actually the fourth episode, Mammoth Flower.
0: That would explain. That would explain uh, a lot. I mean, first off, absolutely no introduction to the characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Second off, like I said, TBS had their fingers in the pie and they wanted more monsters. So you yeah. know how that goes. Look at Star Trek first episode, Mantrap.
1: Yeah, Why exactly.
0: The network wanted a monster. Exactly. So here they wanted Godzilla. And first
1: episode, big monstrous flower that ain't going to cut it.
0: Well, we don't know. We haven't gotten to it, but it might be interesting. We'll find out. (laughs) Looking forward to it. (laughs) But that does kind of fit with the unbalanced theme, doesn't it? Yeah, it (laughs) does. So that's that's
1: definitely very, uh, very you know Godzilla, old school Godzilla. Yeah. The whole idea behind that, you know, uh, ecology, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You've screwed Mm -hmm. the world up.
0: Look, and now the world. That's how you get monsters. That is exactly right citronella acid
1: <laughs> yeah what the heck you know it's make-believe i don't know <laughs> i <laughs> it's like you mean the stuff that they get out of squeezed lemongrass Hmm. all right sure ah uh... it's an acid hmm must be something different
0: translation it sounds like he's saying citronella it does sound like he's saying citronella yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, it sounds like that. I mean it it
1: is an insecticide. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, admittedly not very strong one by today's standards. <laughs> no. But back then that would have been you know that and uh, nicotine tobacco uh, in water. You know those were like you know classic insecticides. Oh, and uh, yeah. slightly soapy water you know three things that keep bugs away from your plants so yeah
0: so it, it it's it's possible they really did mean citronella it's also possible that they made that word up
1: it could be it's all
0: natural but it's an and acid. it sounds <gasps> like citronella and so when they translated it they go well, he's obviously saying citronella it could be I, I, but it is not an acid right and apparently it's very effective against mammals because they just sprayed a couple on it a couple times and gomas just rolls over and dies (laughs) well actually i think you can use it or it's
1: used as like a dog repellent
0: it's used to it's used uh, and i did not research this further to help quiet dogs that are barking i I think
1: it makes them run away I, i didn't like watch any videos or anything like that but
0: yeah, no, I didn't either. I saw something about it just about the time my dog was barking at a, <laughs> at a, at a bird or something like, and I was hmm. thinking, "Huh. I am not a I'm not a citronella person." Um I I will just I will go there. If you're doing insect repellent, you use DEET because yeah, that's the stuff that freaking works. Exactly. And all the rest of it is I mean, there is some benefit to lemongrass, but
1: no, I hate the stuff
0: personally. Oh, I don't, don't, don't like the like taste. It Ugh you're not supposed to eat it no. <laughs> well even the uh... you're not supposed to spray it on your tongue to keep the in- the mosquitoes off your tongue it's... Yeah, it
1: works really well though
0: oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no I don't like the flavor
0: so <laughs> yep. yeah I I don't didn't understand the citron uh, reference but there you go Um, let's see I didn't know that I have anything else like I said there wasn't a whole lot to this I love 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 the opening music yeah that
1: was pretty good <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh that is I think that is the music for the series. So with that's completely cool. different titles every time.
1: Oh, too bad I kind of like the uh the uh uh the the cue being formed from the running the the film back. Oh no, at so the kind of at the opening?
0: Q, yeah. No, I'm yes, that's at the beginning of every episode. Oh, okay. Great. And and here's a trivia for you. Mhm. It's also at the beginning of every episode of Ultraman. That cue? Yes. Really, at the beginning of every episode of the original Ultraman, it begins with the Ultra Q Ooh, logo. Okay. Wow! And then it goes into the Ultraman theme, and that's because Ultraman is a direct follow-on to this show. Ah, uh, right. Makes Even sense. though they're completely unrelated, it explains it why it's purposes.
1: Ultra. I know. I've kind of in the back of my mind is well, I've always wondered why is it called Ultraman? And you
0: now I know because he gives now you know 110 you know, percent. He really
1: yeah. goes for it. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's gymnastics man it's the it's the gymnastics, and it is a follow on to this to this show no, I was talking about when they cut to the the beginning the oh no 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 oh yeah
1: yeah, that was good I like that that's that's good good that
0: is a theme to the show and every episode they have they do that the same music different style, oh cool, you know the graphic images of it it's like they they give the guy full reign here you do the title this week. <laughs> Just use this music. There you go. So, uh, I, I, I'm hunting for that soundtrack even as we speak. <laughs> I like it a lot better than I do the, uh, the later some of the later Ultraman stuff.
1: Well, we barely talked about the monsters themselves. Well, we a, the walking monster looks like surprisingly like Godzilla, and then there's the flying that monster
0: that was not a particularly impressive. No, um, and I've seen that monster somewhere before too. Uh, Wikipedia says it was a stripped-down
1: Rodan that was redressed as uh, litera. Huh.
0: Yeah. I I looked at that and I thought, I don't think that's the Rodan costume, but I suppose, I guess, if the the basic framework. Yeah. I, I was thinking there was another Japanese show, movie, in that era that was about a giant terror bird. And I was thinking maybe that was it, but then who knows? Maybe that was stripped down Rodan as well. Oh. Uh, Lagueras? Hmm?
1: L- Lagueras. I'm not getting the pronunciation here right.
0: No, the the literal. Yeah. I don't know. There was another...
1: Well, maybe that's a monster picture. that's in the series coming up. I don't know. We'll find out. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I did not... I was not particularly impressed with that real, realization.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a burr on strings. And not yeah. a very good paper machine and then they get either. in
0: the you know when they get in the clutch and they've just obviously got a guy working the pecking head yeah. oh yeah
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: that part not so good trivia though hmm. gomez yeah appears in the first episode of ultraman Z in the year 2020 he's the very first monster that appears <laughs> really <laughs> yeah huh. they, they bring him in uh to uh fight up against the giant robot that they have and uh I oh, they... I was when I saw that I'm like, wow. It's Gomez. I can't believe it. They even call him a mammal, which he is so obviously not. <laughs> yeah. A mammal. But they even call him a mammal, but the difference is is that in the 2020 version, he looks good. Huh. <laughs> it's like, I mean, they really have got that down now and they're still using people in rubber suits. Well, oh, but course. they have they have got it. They look good. <laughs> it's like, not that these did, it looked okay in this one, but anyway. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, one nice thing about these shows is it gives you a little bit of, a little vision into what it was like in a foreign country in, you know, decades ago, 50-plus mm-hmm. years ago, not through the eyes of a Western film crew or writers right. or anything like that. So what you're seeing is stuff that would be, you know, completely normal and, and uh, the small details are going to be, you know, say, accurate. So I like that about yeah, shows like this.
0: I, 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 you know, this is a, this is a thing that, that uh, I use Sherlock Holmes as the example. If you, if you read a Sherlock Holmes book, they don't have to go in to explain coal shoots or food right. in aspic or gas <laughs> no. lights or,
1: yeah. or handsome cabs. I was to say handsome cabs. Yeah.
0: But if you have something that's made today that, retroactively is in that period of time. Mhm. They I mean they don't have to go into a lo- lengthy discussion, but they have to treat those things differently because yeah. they are alien artifacts to the audience.
1: Right. There has to be some sort of exposition to it. And, and you know, that could be a wide establishing shot with a handsome cabinet as opposed to maybe, you know, if something like that was made years and years ago, they just would have Walked into it. They wouldn't have shown the horses at all. They just would have gone. Yeah, you know, wouldn't it would have You knew exactly what it was. Exactly. That's right.
0: Yeah. And so this is similar to that because you are watching the Japanese reflecting a Japanese story mm-hmm. in for a Japanese audience. Yep. And so you are getting. I mean, obviously it's a monster film. So, so yeah, a little. would exactly like say it's
1: construction site and the newsroom and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Those probably look just dead on the way they are and of course this is the era the 1960s is is you know that era where japan is seriously westernized Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. um but not the way they are now yeah you know it it kind of feels like it's still put on a little bit kind of like the reporter wearing the trench coat for crying out loud (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah right it's like oh all right you could either be a reporter or a private detective in that coat but yeah one of the two and that's it and yet if you watch godzilla films of the era the reporters nine times out of ten are in that coat well there you go it's it's a thing Mm -hmm. and uh
1: visual metaphor
0: (laughs) yeah it's what they expect and so it's 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 the way they find it Um, I didn't actually look at what the next episode of the series Uh, was because it doesn't matter. Goro and Gora. Oh, Goro and Goro. Yeah. Goro to Goro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's Goro and Goro or Goro and Gora. Ah, Gora. But it's, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know which one that is. All right. Well, John, thank you for joining me. No, you're welcome. It's been fun. (laughs) And I hope it continues that way. And listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at fusionpatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at patreoncom slash patrol Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next week on Fusion Patrol, we'll be looking at the Bugs episode, Mana from Heaven. Come join the conversation.